Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. How are you today? I'm great, thank you very much. All we right. Had, uh, Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix yesterday. It was like old home week in Victoria. That's what I thought. The month. And all I thought yeah. was, okay, this is something for us to talk about with Vaughn on the show tomorrow for sure. Yeah. So what did we learn? Well, uh, first of all, all the old frustrations came back, you know. One question, one follow-up. They're selective in what they tell us and what they don't tell us. And frankly, some of their answers aren't all that good. And uh, the evidence, of course, is still there that uh, we've got uh, COVID fatigue, vaccination fatigue in British Columbia, even though the pandemic is clearly not over. So that is sort of my overview reaction. Right. But what, we talked about vaccination rates. Yeah, let's talk about well, the vaccination rates. So the vaccination rate's not great, right? I mean, there's the sign that, you know, there's, what, a million people out there still don't have their third dose, even though they're available. Government's throwing out vaccine, right? Because not enough people are claiming it and it's expiring. So that's serious. Um, Good question yesterday from our colleague, Richard Zussman, who asked, what about fourth doses for people under the age of 70? So... I'm 70, and I get the fourth dose uh, when my six months are up, which will be June or July, so I'll get it. But what about people under that? Because in Quebec, as you know, they are making it available. Uh, Dr. Henry says uh, they're not recommending it here. Uh, The evidence is that if you've got your third dose, (coughs) hint, hint, uh, you're well (laughs) protected, and people under the age of 70, that should do them just fine for now. We may revisit this issue in the fall when the flu season returns. So that's a pretty good answer. Uh, The thing about Quebec, I mean, Quebec is making it available, but they're not recommending it either. Nobody's really heavily recommending it. So I thought the answer on that one was kind of okay. I think far more concerned, Simi, on my part, on what is going on with the medical professionals Month after month, Dr. Henry has still failed to deliver what she promised last October. Okay, let's talk about what she promised versus what we actually heard yesterday. So way back in October, when they announced the vaccination mandate for uh, people working in healthcare, so this unionized healthcare workers and professionals who are going into long-term care facilities and acute care, everybody had to get vaccinated. So she announced that way back in October. She also said that there was a vaccination mandate coming for medical professionals. So these would be medical professionals who don't necessarily go into hospitals or long-term care, but who see patients in their office. So that would be dentists, it'd be dietitians, it'd be naturopaths. There's about, what, a dozen and a half medical colleges of one kind or another where which regulate their professions and She said a mandate was coming, and her words, soon. And this was back in October. Well, she's still struggling to bring that in, and there are still problems with uh, people agreeing to go along with it. We still don't have a publicly mandated requirement for medical professionals to be vaccinated so that patients can find out if their particular practitioner is vaccinated. Right. For the most part, though, looking at those rates yesterday, I would say most medical professionals are fully vaccinated, like they've done a good job. Yes, uh, there has been a fairly high level of compliance. But 
you know, and I think the key question was asked by uh, our colleague, Justine Hunter of the Globe and Mail yesterday, and she said, Dr. Henry, you know, basically, I thought you were always on the side of getting medical professionals to get vaccinated and uh, for patients to be able to find that out. And Dr. Henry said, you know, that patient safety trumps everything. Well, with all due respect to Dr. Bonnie Henry, that's not the policy. Her policy, I think regrettable, but she's back down, is privacy for medical professionals trumps everything. Because that's the reason we haven't gone to full public disclosure for medical practitioners. So, you know, you go into your dentist office and you ask point blank, is everybody in here vaccinated? Uh, are your dental hygienists, who are putting their hands in my mouth, are they vaccinated? There is no legal requirement for them to disclose that. Now, frankly, if they refuse to tell you, Sidney, I think you go somewhere else. You have a good else. sign there, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. I have a chiropractor. I trust him. I asked him point blank. He said, of course I'm vaccinated. And when he talks about his colleagues who don't get vaccinated, he just rolls his eyes. So fair enough. You can do this. I mean, I trust my family doctor. I trust medical practitioners. And you can just ask. But I still think this is not exactly what she promised last year. I agree with your point, Simi, and you Gord made it this morning, too. The, the level of vaccination among medical professionals is very high. But there are some holdouts out there. And if you're a patient, I don't know as though you can necessarily find out, although you might get a strong clue if right. they refuse to answer your question. Well, the breakdown of the groups and the levels of vaccination I thought was very interesting. You mentioned chiropractors. They were on the lower end of the scale. Yeah, naturopaths are the worst. But frankly, I'm surprised. I'm not, I was not <laughs> well, surprised by that. Gonna, I know this is going to make the naturopaths angry, but I was surprised that many of them were vaccinated. It's almost 70%. So there are some uh, there are some fields of medical professionals who uh, have a different attitude. Yay, dietitians, right? Yes, I love that. You know, dietitians, right? I always hear a dietitian leaning over my shoulder and saying, "Do you really want that cheeseburger, Palmer? That's not a good idea." <laughs> you know, eat a goddamn salad, right? But frankly, hey, ninety-eight percent for dietitians. Yay, dietitians. <laughs> good job. Also, I want to know what you're eating that you'd think you have a dietitian hanging over your shoulder <laughs> telling you not to eat. Pretty much that. everything. Okay, so let's also talk about the update on COVID-19 itself and sort of the, the havoc that it is wreaking in this province versus other provinces, because it's not like when you compare us to other provinces, we don't have a whole lot to be proud of here. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the other problem we had with these briefings going right back to the beginning is there's always been a temptation, uh, I would say, to take victory laps and to say, hey, we're doing better than everywhere else. And on some things, we are doing better than everywhere else, but on some things, we're not. And generally, they don't even talk about the areas where we're not doing very well. So here's a stat that jumps out from these are the best numbers we have. They're provided by governments. They're running total a seven-day update. And the most recent death statistics show that uh, the death rate from COVID-19 in British Columbia currently, for the most data, is roughly double that of Ontario. So that's not much to celebrate. Now, you know, the, the problem with the death rate from COVID-19, and the stats show this too, is the virus is incredible 
infectious at the moment. And the vulnerable elderly are still dying in alarming numbers from it. And what can be done about that? Well, you know, I would say just that some of the other jurisdictions in Canada, which we generally say we're doing better than them, are doing better than British Columbia on this one. I I think it's interesting that the seniors advocate, Isabel McKenzie, has announced she's going to survey all the long-term care facilities again, all 300 of them, to see how it's going there. She has been an important independent voice on this. She's not always seen eye-to-eye with Dr. Bonnie Henry, but she's been an important check on some of the more optimistic scenarios that get spun out by the government and by Dr. Henry. And would you feel that yesterday did you f- it was still optimistic? Yeah, I mean, they are optimistic. But, you know, I, I have to say the other thing is I think what they're up against is is what we just talked about right off the top. And I heard you talking about it earlier, too, which is pandemic fatigue, vaccination yeah. fatigue. I mean, I see it. I'm, I'm venturing out of my basement command center these days. I mean, good God, I'm in Coquitlam in person this morning to talk to the Tri-Cities Chamber of Commerce. And I'm noticing that, yeah, some people are still wearing masks. I am. Uh, but <clears throat> the, the mask wearing is going down a bit and not everybody's being careful. A lot of people are catching COVID-19, but, you know, anecdotally, I am hearing from people that are getting it. And even though they're vaccinated, it's worse than they expected. It's lingering longer. And these are not long COVID patients. These are just people that are still saying, I talked to a, a cabinet minister the other day who said, I'm fully vaccinated. I had it. And man, I would not want to get yeah. this, especially unvaccinated. People are still struggling, including our premier who, you know, said the other day, yeah, I jumped back into the pool too soon, right? Well, John Horgan's been through a lot. I sympathize with him on this, but really the message is out there, folks. You can pretend it's over, but it's not over. All right. Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi. It's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.